to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. you a verse that you've had heard plenty of times, but we're going to go into it a little deeper this morning. All right, Romans chapter 12, look at verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and the perfect will of who? I notice we've all heard this scripture before and, and we've thought about it, but we want to talk about the world a little bit in their perspective of thinking compared to ours. This means once you get born again, and when you were born again, you still had a worldly perspective. How many of you know that? And you've got to change that worldly perspective. Now, you can talk about finances, but you can even go further. You can go into health. You can go into physical. You can go into emotional problems. If you look at the church right now, the church is really a mess. There's people out there with emotional issues. There's people out there in bondage. There's people, and this should not be if you're born into the kingdom of God and have access to all that God has for each and every one of us. So basically here it says the way to get out of that is do not be conformed. In other words, act like the world, think like the world, but be transformed by the renewing of what? So we're going to have to renew our minds. In other words, we're going to have to think different than the world thinks, basically, in order to do that. And when we get transformed, we will know the perfect and acceptable will of who? God. Now, she said this morning, if you're willing and obedient, eat the fat of the land. So it's not enough just to be willing. We have to be obedient. And we've already found out obedience to God starts with why we were created. And we were created, basically, to be an extension of the kingdom of God and bring the kingdom of God back into this earth realm because Jesus brought the kingdom with him when Adam lost it. Are you following me? So that's our main purpose. That's our main goal. So if we're willing and obedient... If we do that, then we shall eat the fat of the land. So it even goes further than tithing, really, if you want to do that. Tithing is a must. When you tithe, there's a result. It's not basically God saying, you tithe, now I'm going to give you something. It's a spiritual law. So when I tithe, there's a result to my law. Basically, God provides all my needs according to his riches and glory. But if I tithe and I'm not doing my purpose, I can pray, I can dance, I can shout, I can scream, I can declare, I can do everything I want. But it goes back to being obedient to his will. And if I don't transform my mind, I'll never know his will. I'll be conformed to this. And most Christians and most people who are saved are now conformed to this, wondering why things with God don't work out, and then they want to blame for what's going on, or the pastor who's ever preaching the word that's the truth, because they're not adjusting to it. So we want to be transformed. When I was growing up, basically, and when everybody was growing up, what was it? We were little kids, and our parents told us, you need to grow up, you need to get a good education, you need to get a great job, you need to get a job, makes a lot of money. Well, mom and dad, I, I just want to be a disc jockey. <laughs> disc jockeys don't make any money. You got to go to school. You got to do this. You got to make money. You got to have enough money to live. You got to have money to do this. You got to have money to do that. You got to. And then when you get older, you check out, and the world's whole perspective of famous and successful is how much money you got? How big is your house? Come on. Uh, are you on TV or not on TV? What kind of car do you drive? That's the whole world's perspective. But when you start to be transformed and see God's perspective, which is basically humility and self sacrifice so when I die 
and I go before God, he's not going to say, did you have a Mercedes? How big was your house? He's going to say, were you self-sacrificing enough to touch other people and bring them into my kingdom? Because that's what you're here for to do. So they're completely different things. But we were, we were raised with that. You know, we just didn't get that. That's the way we were taught. Man, we're going to work hard. People say, where do you work? I work there. Oh, they make a lot of money there. You drive up in your car. Ooh, you drive up in your car. Woo, Mercedes-Benz, that had to cost $75,000. And you see that car there, and they say, yeah, and they close the door, and then they go and cry for 15 minutes because they owe about $800 a month on that car for their next 50 years. Come on now. What is it? We've got to get name brand stuff. We've got to get everything because we want to make an impression. We want to fill our need on the inside. We want to let other people know how famous we are and how blessed we are and all these things. But basically, all that does is lead to stress. Come on, leads to debt. I mean, a lot of the church is in debt. I mean, a lot of the church is in debt. See, it shouldn't be that way, should it? We shouldn't be in debt because our supplier is not our boss. It's God. So if God can't supply my needs, then God needs to get a job. <laughs> Come on, am I right? Yeah. He said he'd supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. If he can't do it, he needs to get two jobs and supply my needs because all his promises are yes and <laughs> But we've got to change our worldly perspective and what is important and what's not important and what's important in the kingdom of God. And that comes by something called transformation. Say Transformation. transformation. So every time, basically, that, that we're getting back into the world stuff and, and worrying about our finances and, and, you know, doing this. And Jesus taught on that. He said, look at the birds. He said, the birds aren't worrying every day they get up in their nest and shaking around. No, they've got everything. And how many know the Father supplies everything for them? He's got twigs there so they can make their nest. He's got trees so they can put them in. He gives them food every day. They're not worrying. They're not, they're not freaked out. And since they're that way, basically, God can provide all their needs according to their riches in glory. Now you come back to us, worried. Why do you worry? Because I need the money. Why are you worried? Because I'm broke. Why do you worry? Because the mortgage is coming up. Let me figure out how. See, here's where you cut off God, right here. here it, let me figure out how to pay this. Well, you just shut him down. See, Tasha for a while was shutting him down. I'm going to go to my boss, and pretty soon I'm just going to smack her. I'm going to give her some tough love. <laughs> but see, God cannot work in that situation because we shut off access to the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God doesn't operate on worry or your efforts to do things. And since we're struggling and we're fighting to have enough and get enough and then we're buying things we can't afford and we're going into debt then we're going into stress then we're going into depression then we're going into these things we look just like the world looks like and then once again we want to quote a scripture every now I got to supply my needs according to his riches and glory. See, it's more than quoting scriptures. It's being transformed or changed the way that you think. To know what his will is, not to what his will is, that you have plenty. You shouldn't even question that. God wants you to have plenty. Not only enough for yourself, but to help other people. See? And and then you've got people out there who who get ministry their first year and they want a million dollars. What for? See? The question is, how much is your ministry going to cost? If you have a $50 ministry, then you only need $50. If you have a million-dollar ministry, then you need a million dollars. So don't question if this, this person over here is getting $2 million. He's got a $2 million ministry. God bless him. Maybe i got a $500,000 ministry. Good enough for me, see? And he meets your needs according to your riches and glory, but your needs. He doesn't come after your wants. He comes after your 
needs. And once he can supply your needs, you end up with your wants. See, we keep putting that cart and horse on the wrong side of this thing. So here we are, we're seeking money, we're seeking all these things, we're doing our best to get them, we're trying to do everything that we can do, and by doing that, we're cutting ourselves off. So then what happens? We have emotional problems. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing? Blessed. God meets all my needs according... No, he doesn't. He's not doing it because you're emotionally getting to yourself, physically then getting to yourself. Why so much sickness in the body of Christ? Because people aren't lined up with the kingdom of God and the way the kingdom operates. We are kingdom people. You were created to live in the kingdom of God. You were created to live in this earth realm. You don't live here. You're just here. You're on assignment. See, you were sent, sent from heaven itself, praise God. You're here. You don't belong here. You belong somewhere else, but you've been called to do something while you're here, and you can't do it if you're constantly freaking out and worrying over everything that you don't have and trying to get it. And, I mean, we've all gone through this. Come on, I grew up this way. That's what it, you make it work, praise God. And then everybody kill any vision I had. I'm going to be a DJ. You don't want to be a DJ. Well, scratch that one off. But whatever you had in your heart, even before you were saved, as a little kid and kept growing and prospering, was probably what God wanted you to do, even though you had a bunch of vision killers. That's right. I said vision killers. Vision killers telling you that you couldn't be that because it don't make enough money. It don't do this. It won't do that. Nobody will know you. Blah, 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 blah. So it went on and on, and they killed your vision. Now you're going to a job you hate because it's not the job you were supposed to be in. You were supposed to be in his work. Amen. And by being in his work, he pays for his work, Amen. not your job. Right. Amen. Is this too deep? See, it's changing the way of thinking. We're trying to change the way of thinking, aren't we? So, oh, I don't have enough. I don't have. Whenever you get to your state like that, you just shut off heaven. And heaven, I'll tell you what, the spout's always open. Yeah. That thing is cranked. But you keep kinking your hose. Yeah. Well, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Kink. Water's still trying to get to you, but you can't unkink. You got to unkink that thing somehow. What's happening in your thought life and the way you're doing things? You're not lined up with the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, there is no worry. No. There is no stress. There is nobody falling apart. Everybody's living the kingdom way. And why does God want you to live the kingdom way? Because it's very healthy for you in your physical body to live in peace and joy and confidence and comfort. Everybody's stressed out. You ask, you ask a normal doctor that don't know God. What's well, one of the main causes of sickness? He'll tell you stress. But we have no reason to be stressed out. Basically, because we're going to line up with the kingdom in our thought life. You don't even tithe to get. You tithe because it's natural for you to be a giver. And the result is sooner or later, it's got to come back to you. Because if you jump off a building, you're going to hit the ground. Yes. See, it's a spiritual law, isn't it? So tithing is simply a spiritual law that you do that it guarantees you a return on the thing. But you don't want to stop that return by the way that you look at things. Always having to do it yourself. Always wanting to accomplish everything yourself. And we're grown up to take care of ourselves, aren't we? But then he comes along and he says, I don't know why you worry. He says, I know what you need before you even. Huh, about that. And I've been praying seven days a week, 24 hours a day to get something, and he already knew it. I thought I was giving him some information finally that he didn't understand what was going on. Didn't he know my mortgage was it's due? Oh, yeah, he knew it all the time. But he said, if you're going to act like a pagan, See, if you're going to act like the world acts like, I can't help. He says, I can't help you. I want to help you. I'm your father. Come on. How would you like to have a kid? Comes to you every morning, 
says, am I going to have clothes for school today? Am I going to have lunch today? Are we going to have enough money to do this? Are we going to have enough money to do this? Well, of course we are, son. I'm your father. Oh, okay. Then the next morning he gets up. Are we going to have enough clothes today? Are we going to have school today? Yes, we're going to have it. Then he comes up the next day. I'm believing you. Praise God. I'm trusting you. for. He's going to need clothes, school, food, and healing. Come on, wouldn't that bug you? Wouldn't that bug you if he did that day? Yet he wants to be our source and our father, Abba, father. And we won't let him do it because we're too much acting like the world in everything that we do. And we're always freaking out, always panicking, always looking at this. I'll tell you what, God knows what he's doing. And I found out he's a good daddy and he's a good father. And the less I worried about my life, the church, and everything else, the more things just seemed to work out, praise God. And the bills got paid, and the surplus came in, the giving. You know, we give to different places. When you guys tithe, we tithe. Do you understand? The church, you tithe twice. You tithe to the church, and the church tithes out, praise God. And we've been given to Haiti for years. We've been given to different ministries. And just recently, we've been given to Africa over there and given. And we started giving to them, and they were appreciative for it, sent me photos of what they used the money for and everything. Then they did it, and one month, I, I missed it. I got busy, and I didn't give them anything. And all at once, I started getting these texts every day, every day. So I just text back, said, if you're going to make me your source, you ain't getting another penny from me. And you know what? The text stopped. <laughs> See, I don't want to be their source. If you want it, when I give to you, tithe off the thing and get in the kingdom of God and get it for yourself. I'm not your God, for God's sakes. And if you're going to act that way and keep texting me and calling me every five minutes, then you ain't getting any more money from me, praise God. I'm just hurting you. I'm not even helping you with the money I'm giving you. You still got that loser mentality, basically. So we stopped, and it's amazing. I don't get that many texts anymore. And I don't get that many calls anymore because I want them to look to him. Not to TCVC as their God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And you shouldn't be looking to anybody else but him. So if I'm willing, which I know, I know what his will is, he wants us all to prosper, to have plenty, to never have to worry about anything. Is that what you want for your kids? My God, don't we? We don't want them panicking over not having enough money, not having this or that. So basically, if they need something, guess who will take care of it? It's automatic. It's automatic. Yet we want to do things to try to make that happen. And I tell you, all these things are good. Faith is good. Declaring is good. All this is good. But if you're not lined up, you're wasting your time because you're declaring not because you have. See? And he's already made the promises to us. See? I expect if I'd walk up to somebody and they'd say, well, we're a little short this week. And I'd say, well, I'll see you Wednesday night and I'll give you a $100 bill. I don't expect them to call me every five minutes. Don't forget that $100 on Wednesday night. <laughs> Pastor, I know you said you're going to give me $100. Well, God says I'll supply all your needs. Are you going to supply my needs according to your riches glory? Are you going to supply? I declare you're going to supply my needs according to your Send it, send it, send it on down. <laughs> See, we treat him like, I don't know what we treat him like. But that's not the way we should treat him. If we're sons and daughters of the living God and he's our father, he certainly ought to be able to provide for us if we let him provide for us see all right go to first timothy chapter six this will get you out of any kind of financial issues that you get you out of emotional problems this will get you out of stress this will get you out of physical problems he expects us to live a holy happy life All right, 1 Timothy chapter 6, are you there? Look at verse 6. It says, but godliness with contentment is great gain because we brought nothing into this world and it's certain we're not going to take anything out. 
and having food and clothes, let us be therewith content. But they that will be rich, they fall into temptation, and a snare, and unto many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of what? How much evil? How much evil? So the love of money. So notice, money is not the root of all evil. The love of money. And in Matthew it says, you're going to have to choose a master. You can't serve two masters, God or money. And we think, well, I'm serving God. You know, I'm, I love God. I'm serving God. But mentally, we're still serving money because we're serving things. The whole world exists to make more money. What for? To get more things. Money and things. I got to have things. I got to have this. I got to have that. I got to have this thing over here. And basically, the whole world operates that way. Everybody's after money. Why do politicians take bribes? Why do people try to marry up? It's all about money, isn't it? The whole thing's all about, why do women sell their bodies? Come on, why does somebody sleep with the boss even though they can't stand him? Come on, it's all about money, isn't it? Why do I want more money? Because I want to get more things. And that's what I'm here for. I'm just trying to get all these things, praise God. That's what I'm always trying to do is get things, 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 more money, more things. But you don't have to live that way. You don't have to live like the world does. That's, that's why they're all messed up. That's why they're having problems with everything. So greed basically even causes families who thought they loved each other. Come on, we did, we did a wedding yesterday. If they start fighting over money, I guarantee you, it won't last very long. And then even when the divorce happens, they'll fight over the assets. And then if they stay together and die, the kids will fight over the will. And what are they all after? Money to buy things. And that's the way the whole Somebody dies, they don't say, oh, my mom died. They say, I wonder if she had a will and how much I'm going to get. Well, that's true love. See? But that's our way of thinking is how much are we going to get? What's going to happen here? What's going to take place there? And the church basically is no different. Ninety percent of our prayers are for things. Lord, give me this. Lord, I sure need that. Lord, could you just go ahead and give me this over here? You know, I really need this over here. Could you do that? Why is that? Because we've had a materialistic faith entered the church. We're believing for things. We're not believing him. See, I want to believe him for what his will is for me. I don't want to come to him with my shopping list every morning. See, and this is a growth thing. If you've got a shopping list, stick with it till you get more of a revelation. I mean, your father's going to meet your needs where you're at. Do you understand? You can pray the dumbest prayer in the world, but if you need the money and he knows that's where you're at, he's going to give you the money anyway, even though you were stupid. Same way with your kids, right? Well, that's the way he is. But if you've been with him for 10 years and you're still begging him for everything in the world, then you've got a problem. You have not renewed your mind. You've not transformed your mind. You've not came to a place to even know what a great father he is and that you can trust him and he's the greatest. And notice, how would you feel if they, your kids didn't trust you? Right. See? And I'll tell you the next thing that comes up when, you, when you're out of line and you're praying and God ain't giving you your, your car and your boat and your house and everything that you need so terribly to exist. You start to think, does he care? Does God care for me? Remember when the boat started to sink? His own disciples? Don't you care? these are his disciples don't you care well of course he cared but he had to get up and do it himself but those people weren't born again they weren't spirit filled so he expects us to grow up and to do some things so notice it's the love of money say the love of money money. is the fruit fruit. of all evil so all evil comes basically from the love of money or the love of things now if we can get over the love of money and the love of things how many know all evil will be gone out of our life 
See, we're going back. We're not only hitting it here. We're not only delivering here. We're not only going here. We're going all the way back to the seat of this whole thing. And that's the love of money. When I quit caring about money 100% is when I finally got some. It just started coming in, and it still comes in. How did you do it? I just did what the Bible told me to do, basically. I followed what God said, and for some reason, what he says sometimes worketh. It works. If you just put God to the test and put him to work, and it's not even, a, a, it's not even about how much faith you have sometimes. It's whether you're in alignment sometimes. See, when I turn on the water faucet, I am not exercising any faith. I expect water to come out of it. And how many know it does? See, and it comes out. And like I say, his faucet's on all the time. So we've got to stop pursuing things. So what happens when I stop pursuing things and I seek first his kingdom and his right standing in that kingdom, all these things start to be added, not earned, not fought for, not struggled for. They were added. Well, who added them? Daddy. Daddy found a way to get them to us. Daddy did it. I mean, you can be walking down the street broke, praise God. And if you're walking in line with God, somebody you never saw before will walk up and give you a $50 bill and walk away. I mean, God knows what he's doing. He knows how to get the money over to us. But we've got to stop living in a conformed society and live in a transformed society in our minds. There's no more worry, no more care, no more of any of this stuff. And notice what it says. When you leave this world, how much are you going to take with you? Can you take that Mercedes with you when you go? Can you take the big house when you go? No, you can't take any of that stuff. You, get, you came with nothing, and you got nothing. And notice, you don't own anything right now. You've got to get this in your mind, too. You own nothing. God owns everything. You own nothing. The house you're in right now, you're renting. You may not be paying rent, but sooner or later, somebody else is going to be in that house. Sooner or later, somebody's going to have your clothes. We store up all this stuff for our kids. And then when we die, they look and say, what is all this garbage? <laughs> Come on. And we thought we had this little precious moment statue over here and this great statue over there. And they'll probably have a garage sale and send it, try to sell for a buck and they'll get 50 cents because there was somebody that knows how to run a garage sale. And pretty soon they'll just give the thing away. But to you, it's so precious that I leave this for my kids who just say it's another piece of junk to clear out your house to get somebody in there to rent. But we think, ooh. I die, they're going to be all set up. See, it's not that we're not taking anything with us because God owns everything. Say, God owns everything. God owns everything. Now, the best part of God owning everything is when you were born of the kingdom of God, you became his son and his heir. Amen. So whatever God owns, you've got access to on a daily basis because you're his son and his heir. So as long as I'm in line with him, I don't have to look what's in my bank account. I don't have to look what I've got in the house. I can look at what God has, and God can get it into my life if needed. Yeah. And even if it will bless me, he'll do that. Are you following? Yeah. So what that, that works in our life then, praise God. We're just staying in line. We're doing two things. We're seeking the kingdom of God. We're spreading the kingdom of God. We're bringing people in. We're doing, where's my brother? That brother here this morning was, came up and talked to me, and he says, before last week, I, the way to get rich was the lottery. <laughs> he said, I was playing the lottery. When I hit it, I was going to hit it. I said, did you ever notice they show the one lottery winner and not the 500,000 people who lost? <laughs> See, because the world is in the conforming business just like God is in the transforming business. You don't see people pull up in an automobile, uh, uh, one with no top, a convertible, drinking Budweiser and, and not having a good time. You don't see them in the bathroom throwing up from being drunk and they can't even move. No, you see them. Woohoo! 
this is fun. And of course, some girls walk by. Hey, look at the guy. And, and whoa, whoa, whoa. And you'll see plenty of commercials today that try to entice you to buy more things so you get more bondage, you get more stressed out, you get more emotional problems, you're falling apart, then your marriage falls apart and it turns into a disaster. And the church is being just like the world. And we don't want to be just like the world. God owns everything. We're taking absolutely nothing out of this world. So what you have is basically a rental right now. And you have to look at it that way. So that means, let's go a little deeper, if God wants something that you have that doesn't belong to you anyway and wants to give it to Sister Susie, and that's when we tell God he's making a major mistake. That's when we tell God, you need to pray about it. See, we use that excuse. We might as well throw it back on God. Pray about it, God. See if you come up with the same answer tomorrow morning because I like that thing. You know, and he'll ask you to give something sometime if somebody needs it, and maybe something you're not that fond of anyway. But then again, it may be something you got two of, and you want both of them, and you don't really want to give it up. It's got it. Well, what are you going to do? You're going to give it up. Well, it's not mine anyway. It's his. But then you give it away and end up with three more. Come on, whatever he trusts you with, he don't give you the amount of money you even want. He gives you the amount of money you can manage. See, you were put here for management. That's what you're, so if he gives you a million dollars and two years later you're broke, don't expect another million dollars for quite some time. Come on now. He gives you what you can manage, praise God. Some people get $100 and it's hard for them to tithe $10. But what's he going to do when he gives you a million dollars? Are you ready to tithe then? You're writing that check out like this. And he says the wealth of the kingdom comes with no pressure, no anxiety, no gain, everything else that comes to you from a means that's not really godly, basically it's going to cause problems in your life anyway. So God doesn't even give us things to make us important. He gives us things because we are important. Yes. Hallelujah. All right, go to First John chapter 2. All right, 1 John chapter 2, look at verse 15. It tells you to love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not. For all that is in the world, the lusts of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not the Father, but it is of the and the world passes away, the lust thereof, but he that does the will of God abides how long? Forever. All right, now this is pretty self-explanatory here. This is why we've got to stop thinking like the world does, acting like the world does, performing like the world does, and be transformed by the renewing of our mind because the Father's not into the worldly things. That's why Jesus came to deliver us from this present evil world. And the system to do it is I'm basically going to seek first the kingdom of God, and I'm going to live righteously thinking and right thinking with him because that's what 
opens, uh, you know, the Bible talks about keys. How many know there's keys to the kingdom of God? This is the key, the major key to the kingdom of God is getting your priorities on the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. That's one of the major keys. And that key is what unlocks to you finances, physical health, emotional peace, all these things that you need in your life. Good friends. How many know that God wants you to get born in the kingdom of God? He wants you to have friends, but he wants you to have good friends. Friends who bless you, friends who help you. Well, I got to leave those friends I got saved. Thank God. Should have got rid of them a long time ago. Even a heathen wouldn't run around with them people, for goodness sakes. No, you got to change some of the people you're running around with, some people that hold you back, some people do things. It's all part of what's going on. But that is the key that unlocks the spiritual doors in our life to all the things so God can add everything, not just finances, but all the other things that we need in our life to take care of those things. It's like you going home today, and you walk up, and you got your car key, and you try to get in your house, and the door is locked, and you try the car key, and it doesn't work. You get mad at God. You get mad at the door. You can declare... I believe this car key opens the door in Jesus' name. Guess what's going to happen? You can pray in tongues. What's going to happen? You can't get in until you use the right key to get in. And once you use the right key, you get See, it's just that simple. It's the kingdom of God. Spiritual law is the same way. Use the right keys. It opens the doors, and there's everything. There's a key to health. There's a key to everything. But this is the key, basically, to everything that's in the book in the kingdom of God, which you are a member of, and you are a citizen of, because you've been born again in the kingdom of God. So we can't be conformed to this world. We have to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And if you read the Bible in, uh, I think it's in Mark, basically where you plant a seed, which is the word of God. How many know that is a seed of transformity? This morning you're receiving a word of transformity. Now that, that seed's watered and it's supposed to grow and grow and you get a little more revelation here, a little more revelation there. But it says there's some things that will stop that seed from producing fruit. The lust of other things sneaking in destroys that seed. See, all the, everything that you read in that thing, basically, well, let's just look at it. Go to Mark 4. Get some of the dust out of our Bibles. All right, Mark chapter 4, look at verse 14. It says, the sower sows the word. So we're sowing the word of God. That word's going to grow up. It's going to produce in our life. It's going to transform our thinking. So we start thinking like the kingdom. Look at verse 19. And the cares of this world, how many know that's worry? And the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other entering in makes the word become un fruitful. So why am I doing it? I'm going to church and I'm doing this and I'm praying and nothing seems to be lining up with me and I've been a pretty good person. It's not working out because you're not using the right key. Basically, these things are stopping you. You're still in worry about these things. You're still going after or things for yourself and trying to not let God do what God wants to do in your life. The more you get rid of you, the better off you're going to be. See, he's got you. He's got your back. He'll do it. And when you first start trying to do this, there's going to be a couple days where you are king faith. And there's going to be a couple days when you never knew if you had any faith. 
It's a growth process. It's a transformation. It takes time to renew your mind because we've had, I mean, I had 40-some years before I figured this out of how to do it the other way, how to do it this way, how to do it that way. So what we want to do is basically we want to line up with the kingdom of God. We want to change the way we think. We don't want to worry. Worry is a stopper. Every single time it stops everything that God can do in our life. That's why he says, cast all your care on because I care for you. So God has promised to protect you. How many know he will if you let him? God has promised to meet all your needs. How many know he will if you let him? God will give you peace in the midst of a storm if you but most of the time when we get in trouble, you know what we do? We sit down for 15 minutes trying to figure out how to get out of it and what to do about it. And every time you get in your natural mind, I guarantee you'll make the dumbest decision you ever made in your life. You just can't do that. Everything's spiritual. So we're not only being conformed for all our lives, but now we're being slowly transformed. We're thinking differently. We're trusting Him more. We're in the kingdom of God. We're reaching out to other people. Our main purpose for going to work now is not a paycheck. It's to touch somebody who's at work. My reason for going here is, is to extend the kingdom of God. I don't jump on people and, and jam the gospel down their throat. I just walk around and wait for that opportunity when the Spirit of God says over there, you know, you're like a, a missile. He says, no, not that one. No, not that one. Yes, that one. And then you go and get that one, and that's the one you witness to. And that, you know, yesterday they gave me like, I don't know, they give you about seven minutes to do everything anymore in weddings. I don't know why. It's quick, pray, get a ring, go, and whatever. So I got to talk just a little bit. I must have talked for, I don't know, at the beginning I probably talked for 30 seconds just about how important it was to have God in your marriage. If you're going to be married, then at the end, of course, I talked about the power of the tongue with each other, you know, talking to each other. I couldn't have talked for four minutes. But you never know what's going on because people came up to me afterwards, and I'm sure these people weren't exactly Christians. But one guy came up to me and said, I'm dating my third girl now who's going to be my wife. I've been divorced twice, he said. And he said, you know what, you may be right because I didn't have God in my first two. And he said, I think I'm going to give God a try now before I get my third wedding. I said, I think that would be a very good... I think that would be a very good idea. And the other thing I always do when I do weddings is instead of just love is patient, love is kind, I put the people's names in there. Yeah. Boy, do you learn some stuff from that. Yeah. Like yesterday I said, this person is patient and he is kind. Now they get to the part where she never holds a grudge. And I mean, if the congregation just blew out laughing. <laughs> I thought, my God, everybody in the place knows that she holds a grudge for God's sakes. I wasn't trying to extend her out there. And then somebody came, up to me at, somebody came up to me afterwards and just said, you know, I've been reading the Bible for years. And I never understood it. I never thought of putting myself in the scriptures. I said, what did you think it was for, Peter and Paul? Or what did you think? My <laughs> God, they're dead. But he never thought of putting yourself in the scripture. He'd just read them. You know, this is what love is. And he thought, oh, Tom is patient. Tom is kind. Tom is... never put that in. So you never know, even when you've got a little bit of time, you can still get something done because the word of God will do it. How many of you know that? You don't have to force it. You don't have to make it do it. You just throw it out there, praise God. And it lands, some gets eaten by the birds, some gets in people's hearts, some whatever. But we're seed sowers, hallelujah. Not only in our lives, but in other people's lives. So make the transformation. Get this tape. Listen to it about 5,000 times. And transform your mind to a place where God loves you and he wants to take care of each and every one of us. And we want to eliminate sickness, disease, emotional stuff, all this stuff out of the body of Christ simply by lining up with him. All right, praise God. Jump up this morning. I wish some of you could go back and see where you were about two years ago. Some people say, well, I ain't changing. I said, you should have saw you two years ago. My God. We didn't know if we were going to throw you out or keep you at that time. Now you're in here, praise God, and you're doing all right. Glory to God. Hallelujah.
<laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You've got me, you, and my wife now. We've got three. I feel very confident about that now. That's very good. <laughs> All right, just close your eyes. Let him talk to you this morning about maybe some little adjustments you might need to make in your way of thinking and your finances and stuff. Lord, I thank you for this morning. Just continue throughout the day to speak to each and every person here who's heard this word. Father, show us where we need to be transformed more and more in our minds to get out of the worldly thinking, the worldly ways that we can see are falling apart even before our eyes. Father, we thank you for your spirit of God today. And I thank you also for everything that you do. And keep everybody calm and patient during the Super Bowl today, Lord, that they don't get all erratic, bent out of shape or whatever. Hallelujah. We thank you for what you're doing in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. All right, praise God. Go have a great day. the kingdom of God and his righteousness